0: Welcome back to The Bible Never Said That. My name is Shara Donahue, and on this podcast, we talk about popular sayings that have permeated the culture and church, even though they are theologically contorted. Today we have guest Matt McCollin joining us again, and if you missed the last episode with him, make sure to check it out. It's got a lot of wisdom and great truths to start your day with. But today we are going to discuss the saying, Man Up. Now, I haven't covered this one because obviously I'm a woman, and I figured it would be helpful to have a man come on and discuss with us. And Matt has pastored and overseen men's ministry for over a decade and is the director of Most Excellent Way, an addictions victory group. So welcome, Matt. I'm glad that you're here with us today.
1: Very thankful to be with you, Shara, and the rest of y'all.
0: Now, can you tell me what we might like about this idea, man up, and what the Bible actually says.
1: Well, yeah, here's when we were discussing a topic that I run into. This is popular because it does put us men back in a position of, I can do it. I will try harder. I will make every effort to be what I'm supposed to be, which on the face of it sounds great. And I think well-meaning teachers, well-meaning pastors, well-meaning people who are trying to disciple men, sometimes will just look at a guy and say, hey, just man up, toughen up, maybe even have the connotation of pull up your bootstraps and try harder, man. You're like, you can do this. Like we can do this. Now, again, on the face of that, that sounds good. But if it's not the spirit of God moving through the man of God. To produce love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, manning up then could look a lot like a flesh-led approach to working out your faith. And that can then have guys impatient, not gentle, not kind, not with self-control, and yet in their own heart and mind, they're manning up. I was told I got to try. I'm trying. Now everybody get out of my way and watch how I'm going to succeed. And I do see it as dangerous because when I got saved in 1987 coming out of addiction and I started going to church for the first time really that I really went in 1988, 89 as my wife and I found a church, I stumbled over this because I started, as we talked about the last time I was together with you, um, fake it till you make it. I started looking at all these men that I perceived as really strong in the faith and trying to be like them without understanding the spirit's work within me that becomes dangerous for a man because now the flesh is trying to copy or prove to everybody I'm I'm part of this too to me that's something that in the church is not helpful to a man who really wants to be a good husband a good father a good employee or a good boss or a minister that reaches the world
0: one of the verses that we would see in scripture that people might contort and use to support this idea would be 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14, which says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. How yep. would you respond to somebody who said, well, it's right here in the scripture. How is man up not the same?
1: Man, that's great. Uh, great question. And earlier, I, I love that because I was thinking about this getting ready for today with you. In chapter 15, it ends the chapter with verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Then you get hit with 1613. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. And I think that's the key is that last little phrase, let all that you do be done in love because love permeates the fruit of the spirit. It begins with love, and you can't have love if, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The minute that a man is being told, man up, and it's not being done through the spirit of God's power, where you're literally, like Romans chapter eight says, harnessing the one who raised Jesus from the dead, if he dwells in you, he will do it, is what Romans eight says. So the spirit of God who rose Jesus from the dead, having you with strength, you'll always be then saying as a man, okay, it's not me. It's him. I'm going to, because he will through me, which is different than the term man up. And then a man will take that as, okay, I just got to try harder. I'm just going to work harder at this. The minute that that man then sees a lack of love, they know it's not the correct manning up. That's, I think, the danger of this is that guys can take that statement in 1 Corinthians sixteen thirteen, and twist it into, but I'm manning up, don't you see? But then they're not kind to their wife or gentle with their kids or patient with their employees or loving towards a world that really needs to see Christ's light. They actually move into anger and bitterness and frustration. Doesn't everybody see how hard I'm trying? Super dangerous.
0: Indeed. Now... You've already talked about how it kind of can impact the home or it can impact the life of an individual man. How does this become a problem in the ways that it might impact the church, Jesus's church, the global church? Well,
1: oh, because the great question, because ultimately, if a man is not walking by means of the spirit, he, he is going to impact his church in a very negative way because every man has been gifted. Every woman has been gifted for the body of Christ. But that gifting is spirit he chooses he flows through if the man's operating in the flesh according to his own strength because he's been told to man up and try harder but he's not actually yielded to the spirit love is not going to be reflected within the body of christ here and everywhere else so the danger becomes particularly if you start having a leader of a church that has a global influence a national influence that's who i should be like that guy doesn't come across as patient that guy doesn't come across as kind he doesn't come across as loving or self-controlled, but boy, he does preach a powerful message. To me, that the powerful message, the word of God goes forth and never comes back void. So praise God, the word of God goes out and He keeps His promise. But the example of a man that's not spirit-led, leading, is an example that other men could grab a hold of, and then in the midst of their homes, their businesses, their influence in the world, not be who Christ was. They people won't be seeing Jesus; they're going to see that guy in his flesh being religious, which I see is completely dangerous.
0: So can you point us to anywhere in scripture where there might be an example of man up or toxic masculinity that is a problem?
1: Again, as you're working through that, a line of thought we need to go down. When Jesus was working with his disciples, he's continually teaching them and molding and shaping them as he really is the spirit of God alongside these men for three plus years, right? Because ultimately they don't have their spirit of God residing in them yet. He's walking with them. So they're listening to the word, the very word of God, walking with them, the spirit of God, Jesus talking with them. He's their guide. He's their discipler. If you remember, there was a time in Luke chapter nine that they had come through, they were going to Jerusalem, they were drawing near, and he had sent messengers ahead of him and they went into a village in Samaria and to make preparations, but the people rejected Jesus And you see John and James, the sons of thunder, right? They make this statement, Jesus, you know, should we call down fire from heaven upon them to consume them? But he, Jesus rebuked them and they went on to another village. Now, why would Jesus rebuke them? Well, because John, James, we're not going to go Elijah on them. What we're, what we're going to do is that's the fields white for harvest. He's already said that earlier after meeting with the woman at the well when, when he's working through with a Samaritan woman and then he's looking at the crowds as she's out sharing, he's saying, no, the fields are white for harvest fellas, the Samaritans, these people that you hate, you're supposed to love them with the gospel. When James and John said what they said, I see that as toxic masculinity. Boy, if those people would just go away, life would be way easier for us who are really God's guys. Actually, you're supposed to go meet those people with the gospel. I'm training you to go love the unlovable no, we're not going to call down fire from heaven on them. When, when we talk about toxic masculinity, I think it's really important to, for men to be men. I believe First Corinthians 16 means it, what's saying there. But men being men without the spirit-led life ends up with the flesh-led life that then makes statements like, well, should we just uh, consume them all with fire? <laughs> no, fellas, that's not why you're here. And I believe that's supposed to be throughout the church today. Men, we're supposed to be spirit-led. From love to self-control, that's who Jesus always is and what he wants us and who we are to be.
0: Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Oh, I love that you just pointed. That's who Jesus is. And that's who men need to be looking at. That's who women need to be looking at. We all need to be more like Jesus. So what encouragement instead of man up would you give to men as they are looking for strength to be who God has called them to be?
1: The passage that I was thinking of, and we had mentioned this the last time we were together, was Hebrews, you know, chapter four, and then that's in 12 through 16. And here's why. In Hebrews chapter four, 12 through 16, it says that the word of God is living and active. And we had talked about that last time. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It piercing the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all is naked and exposed to the eyes of him with whom we have to give an account. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, not being the gospel or our faith, right? Let us hold fast to that confession for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Here's the key. Men, we are weak, and Jesus sympathizes with our weaknesses. We should not try to hide those weaknesses from God. We are to go straight to him with those weaknesses and ask him to mold and shape us into the mighty men that we're to be, which is going to look like the spirit-led life. It's not going to look like the tough guy, the large and in charge guy, that literally is when he walks in the room, everybody's afraid of that individual rather than thinking and knowing that that person loves me. So what I see in the midst of this is when we recognize that we're weak, we can come to the throne of grace to receive grace and mercy, to help in our time of need, to transform our hearts and minds so that when people watch us walk into the room, they now see Christ. That's what we need. That's what the world needs. That's what churches need. That's what families need. And so Ultimately I see that as the answer. And and so in this when we're when we're talking about men and manning up, okay, I'm I'm good with the term if we're referencing First Corinthians sixteen thirteen. The spirit led life then is you staying at the throne of grace all day long about the things that you know God's convicting you over and not trying to rationalize those and pull up your bootstraps and try harder as a man to overcome it. No, you're weak. Run straight to Christ with it and let him flow through you to give you victory.
0: Wonderful. I really appreciate you coming and talking about this with us because it is so vital that both men and women have their eyes on Jesus, that they're both running to the throne of grace. And I really appreciate you speaking to the men today. I was going to close us out in prayer, but it does seem more appropriate to let you go ahead and close us out for this one. If you wouldn't mind,
1: Uh, I'd love to. Awesome. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time again, to be in your word, to, to know that it always, as it goes out, accomplishes what you send it forth to do. So as we look at a passage like Hebrews chapter four, to know that you see it all and still love us and are saying, come to me. When Adam taught us to run behind bushes and hide from you, but Jesus came so that we may never have to hide again over any weakness I pray that for all of us. I pray that for every person listening to this. I thank you for Shara and her heart to be putting this out to folks to be able to help them in regards to what does the Bible really say and let's not believe lies or be taken down a wrong path. So Lord, pray that you will use this time if there's anyone that has not placed their faith in Christ yet may today be the day that they don't harden their heart. That's right in Hebrews chapter four also. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. May they be saved Maybe you bring them into the family and maybe they have this great joy of knowing that they have a great high priest then that every day they can run to and will never turn them away. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, thank you so much. The verses and resources that Matt referred to and the links for Most Excellent Way Addiction Victory Group will be in the notes for this podcast. You can find them on lifeaudio.com slash podcast or on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're over in the notes, we'd love if you'd rate and review this podcast so others can find us. And until next time, as always, may you seek the abundant life Jesus died to give and live in the truth that sets people free. thank you so much for joining us today i'm going to link to the most excellent way facebook page and to the national website and any other resources or verses that we refer to in this podcast will be able to be found in the notes as well at lifeaudiocom podcast or on itunes or wherever you get your pods and if you're over in the notes we'd love if you would rate and review this podcast so others can find us and until next time may you seek the abundant life jesus died to give and live in the truth that sets people free